want to, I need to be my own boss. I need to be doing things that are meaningful and that I'm passionate about, whatever that might be. And I think that's taken me some time to figure out like, okay, how then do I translate that into really making that your business, making that your life. And it's not an easy thing. I mean, as you know, like you're obviously grinding to and making your own sort of path and it's challenging, but it's also so much more fulfilling. And not that everyone path to be is the same and that everyone should go be their own boss and be an entrepreneur. That's not the case at all. Some people have, a, you know, do work for a big company or whatever it might be and thrive. And that's awesome. You go. But I think it's just tapping into that understanding of what what do I really want? Like what's best for me and not being afraid to kind of take, to take the leap to actually go pursue it. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you will see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and I hope you're having a lovely day wherever you are and whenever you're listening to this. If you're listening in real time, then it's officially sort of kind of the beginning of May. And man, oh man, what a year it's been so far. (laughs) Alas, May is always a good month, and so I just feel there's a lot to good to come. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling strangely very optimistic, and I don't know if I should be wary of that or just go with the flow. Uh, But I think I'm going to go with the flow and just be optimistic because I know things are still far from normal, kind of need to accept the old normal is gone, this is a for now normal, and we've got a new sort of normal that's going to be coming that will blend bits of old and new normal. But... I'm going to choose to be optimistic about this month because I was actually listening to the Almost 30 podcast and they had someone on to talk about the astrology side of everything going on right now and she started out by explaining that 2020 in general is just a very like heightened month in the astrological sense. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what she was saying and she was also explaining though that April was especially a heavy month. I mean, she explained it a bit differently, but the drive that I got from it was that April was meant to be this month of sort of turmoil and looking within and feeling a lot of things. And I think from what I got, you know, connecting with people on Instagram and email is that April was one heck of a month. There was just a lot going on. And although the month flew by, It was also very challenging, at least for me, and I think for quite a few of you others. So, but with May, this woman was saying that there's like some potential to shift things around, you know? And we're already seeing that because things are changing. Um, Quick side note, if you're listening to this in the future, we're in the midst of, you know, 2020, coronavirus, all that stuff. So, back to the story. (laughs) May is supposed to be, at least according to what she was saying, what I've been seeing, potentially a better month. So I'm going to go with it. I'm going to keep this optimistic feeling up and going. You guys hold me to it. And to start off, you know, with the beginning of the month, I personally set some intentions that 
were based in optimism and expansion and just trying to stay open-minded. So I know that there will be good and bad days. Whatever happens, happens. I'm just going to be ready with open arms and an open mind and an open heart. Uh, Just kind of take it day by day. Like I said before, April was a very heavy month for me and I think a lot of others. Lots of feelings. Uh, On my part, there was a lot of distracting because just some days you can't face those feelings. And so I want May to be a month where I just sort of, you know, dig my heels down in the sand and weather the storm and experience what I need to experience, but ultimately just feel good about the month, you know? So I'm curious to see how everything feels in coming weeks. Maybe you'll hear me get on here in two weeks and I'll be explaining about how I'm struggling, but we'll just see. You guys can hold me accountable, okay? (laughs) So now I said before, you know, going back to these monthly updates, I made April a month of double podcast episodes each week. Alas, I have recorded so many that I will now be continuing double episodes all through May and all through June possibly into July. I may have gone a little stir-crazy and recorded lots of episodes, so I'm trying to get those out because I like to keep things fresh and not record too much in advance. So buckle up and get listening, I suppose. (laughs) Today's Monday edition is with my dear friend Georgia, and for a bit of background, it's actually fun, funny, funny story, how we met. Uh, It was at a foodie meetup, so last year I went to Austin, and I was there with some friends and an acquaintance of ours set up this like meetup amongst foodies and we arrive and I know nobody there except for the two friends I went with but immediately like Georgia and I and the entire group like we just clicked and since then have built this lovely IG friendship and Georgia is just truly one of the sweetest kindest big-hearted people I know and I say that a lot about a lot of people I know but she's just so authentically kind. She doesn't pull any BS. She's just completely like what you see is what you get. That's how I can explain Georgia. She's just amazing, as you can tell by my rambling. I just absolutely adore her. So And so this conversation is a mix of fun and the more, you know, serious, inspirational, educational parts. Uh, we start out by discussing the Enneagram test, actually, because Georgia is all about it. As you'll hear, her family has had, like, long lines with it, and I'm so new to it. You guys know I'm all into Reiki and astrology, human design, yet I've never dived into the Enneagram test, and I am absolutely fascinated by it. I did a test once, and I think I'm like a two leaning towards a four, if that's how you say it, and I've never really gotten to look into it more, but now I want to, so if you're into the Enneagram, please let me know, and you can always let me know if there's someone you'd like to see come on the podcast for it, because that's my mission right now, is to find someone about the Enneagram to come on, so share this episode, let me know like what your type is, and let's connect and chat about it. Um, And then, like I said, if you have any recommendations, send them my way. (laughs) So then we transition a bit to discuss how Georgia really started out her entire journey. So we go back a bit and we discuss how Georgia had these quote-unquote failures in her life, yet they twist and turned and redirected her in life to become who she is in the present. So in that time, 
you know, we talk about school transitions, career transitions, lifestyle, and, you know, where she's living transitions. There's just a lot of times where, you know, Georgia refers to these moments as quote-unquote failures, uh, but we all know that failures are really just an opportunity to grow. Uh, And that's what I appreciate, you know, her optimism, resilience, and passion to just keep going and to find, you know, what not only helps others, but makes herself happy too, is just so inspiring. And, you know, now she's very wellness and health-based and that just lights me up and I'm so excited to see where she grows and goes with it. So um, if you want to follow along too and just see where she's at, if her story resonates with you and you'd like to connect more, she's on Instagram at goodnesswithg and I'm at Emily Feichels. Everything will be linked below. And to show some extra gratitude, I wanted to read a quick, quick, quick review because these truly make my life 10 times better (laughs) to see a little review pop up at the bottom of the podcast and know that the show is connecting to you all. So this one was written by my dear friend, Sarah. I know, well, we're friends on Instagram and I saw her name pop up as a review and I was just so pleasantly surprised. So she wrote, I love how personal and diverse these episodes are. It's the casual chats and it feels as though you are right there. I appreciate that so much and I truly hope you guys feel that way, that you're right there with us. And if you'd like to support the show, get your review read, start a convo with me, head to Apple Podcasts and just leave, you scroll to the bottom and leave a rate and review um, or even subscribe. You know, both really help. So that's that for this episode. Um, I'm all out of breath now. (laughs) Connect with Georgia on Instagram. Connect with me. You can leave a rate review. Do whatever lights your soul up. Uh, And so without further ado, let's begin. I'm excited. This is great. Good, good. Well, before we jump into your backstory and just tell everyone about who you are, I was curious to hear actually about your experience with the Enneagram. Enneagram test, if I'm saying that right, because we mentioned it the other day in a phone call we had together. And I just think it's like a neat way to kind of analyze yourself. And I don't know. So I'm just curious, like, how do you find it? What's your number? Like, how has it affected your life in that way? So we actually, my family got really into the Enneagram test like several years ago when I was much younger. And mostly because one of my uncles, is a counselor and he uses the Enneagram in his practice a lot to help him, I think, relate to his patients, but also to give them the skills to kind of, in some ways, understand their own problems and their relationships, et cetera. So we, once he started really getting into that, using it, he studied it a bunch. Like he's very knowledgeable about the Enneagram and our whole family wanted to figure out what we were too. So we all took it. And I mean, I probably took it for the first time in high school. Um, and so I'm number four, if any, that means anything to anyone, um, but, which is, there's different names for it depending on where you go to. But one, you know, some people call it like the romantic, some of it's like the creative, whatever. Um, but there's, there's all these different numbers. So you take this extensive test and the, at least the best piece of advice that my uncle gave me when, before we took it was don't like think about your answers too much. Like, don't give the answer that you know, like in your gut is how you would react in this situation or whatever the question was prompting you to ask or to answer for rather than like the answer that you want to give. So you kind of have to really dig deep and think like, okay, what, because questions are very situational. So I'd say, you know, in this situation, like how would you react or how would you feel? 
et cetera. And you kind of know you're like, oh God, that's me. And some of them are really positive and some of them are kind of like, oh God, like I, I, you're cringing that that's you, but you know that that's exactly how you feel. Um, and so based on that, it gives you a number, which is basically it's your Enneagram type, but most people lean different ways. So I'm a number four, but that doesn't mean that all of my tendencies are within that number. So I, I lean two sometimes like my mom, my sister are twos and I have a lot of tendencies of twos as well, which is the helper. That's the number two type. Um, and it goes on and on. And so it's just really interesting to take this test and one, because it helps you learn a lot more, think about yourself and kind of like, okay, what, what are my like innate like needs and my innate kind of like habits and ways I react, things like that. But also I think it's really helpful for you to understand maybe like what your friends and your family are too, because it helps you understand where they're coming from. So like what your, it's really like what your motivations are. So like, for example, number three is the achiever. And if like those, so you, if you understand that like your partner or your friend is the number three, like you understand kind of why they can't stop being productive or why, you know, things like that. So it helps you relate to people, I think in a, in a deeper way. Uh, but for me, it's also just been really interesting because I think once you almost kind of identify what you are, it's like this aha moment or this light bulb of, oh my gosh, that's exactly why I feel the way I feel or why I feel this need to, to do certain things or to act a certain way. So it's been super interesting. And um, it's kind of something our family always talks about, like family, like holidays or celebrations or whatever. We always, it always ends up coming up in some way, shape or form. Um, and then of course I've made like Sam take it. And like, you know, we, everyone has to now understand what their number is because it's just super interesting. Um, but it's definitely something I'd like to learn a lot more about too, because it's, I mean, you could totally specialize in just the Enneagram. I mean, I know very service level about it compared to a lot of people, but I think it's a good thing just for everyone to understand themselves better, if nothing else. Yeah. And I feel like with those type of things, you know, I've done human design before I've had my astrological chart read and with all of these modalities, they're really just ways to better understand yourself or to understand, you know, like how society has, you know, put its conditioning on you. And at the end of the day, I just feel like they really give me permission to be a hundred percent me, you know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes we have these attributes about ourselves that we don't always want to display or we don't think they're right. But like doing these type of things kind of really helps you understand and feel like, oh yeah, this is me. Like I'm going to be a hundred percent me. Like this is my authentic way. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think it's something too is like about like in all of those different modalities, like you said, but the Enneagram too, they have all these things like when you're at your best, you're this, this, and this, but when you're at your worst, you act like this, this, and this. And so there's not one number that's all good or all bad. And I think sometimes it's easy maybe to see kind of like, like you said, either things about yourself as being negative or bad or things about other people. But once you understand that there's like good and bad aspects of everyone, which we all know anyway, but I think it just kind of gives you a better framework to like understand that by. And I think for me too, there's some, there's a lot of parts of my number that I really wish were not me. And you know, I'm like, Oh God, that's horrible. So I think it makes me identify those, but also kind of owning those things too. I'm like, yeah, those are also like, I love the parts of my number, but also like of me, one and the same in some ways that are really good. And I don't love it when I'm not at my best, but those are also parts of me too. So it's kind of like, yeah, here it is. Like, this is 
this is me <laughs> in I, all, like in the good and the bad. Yes, I completely agree. And like what you were saying before too about, because I took the test then after we talked that night. Yeah, and oh good. It was, it was like what you described where with the questions, they really are kind of situation scenarios. And you, it's pretty much that battle of the head and the heart where your head's saying, this is the almost like logical or what I want to think I do. But if yeah. you really tap into your heart, like, yeah, some of them won't be easy to necessarily uh, uh, you know, face that truth, but it is important. And my results came out very similar to yours. I was four, but my other like main lean or tendency was to two. So yeah. yes, right I knew we you. were friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny too. Like it's that my uncle who is the one that taught us all about the Enneagram. He's a four too. He is a four as well. Mm-hmm. Not two, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny because then you like, and I found that out, like I said, when I was a lot younger and he was like, I knew that about you. I, he's like, there was always something that kind of pull, like I understood when you were like acting out as a kid or you were acting certain ways. Cause he's like, I just understood. He's like, it made a lot of sense once you took this test and you were a four as well, because I, I so like knew that there was something connected between the two of us that we, I understood where you were coming from when, even when you're five and you're having a tantrum, he's like, yep, you're a four. I knew it. Like that's exactly what you're acting exactly how I thought you would. So that's, it's really funny. I'm excited to know that you're a four also. I know I need to, uh, well, I'm trying, I'm going to get someone on the podcast cause I really want to understand like how it all breaks down and really yeah. dive deep with well, that. D- but. There's someone who could tell you a lot more about it than I could, but yeah. I just think it's super interesting <laughs> stuff like that. Like any test or like, I mean, you said like the human design or like, yeah, having, I don't know, anything like that done or like read about you. I think it's so interesting. I oh, mean, definitely. There's parts that you can pick and choose of it, what you want to believe and what you carry with you. But I think it's just fascinating to learn things like that. I'm like, I'm always open to taking any sort of test or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if you feel this way, but for me, I used to be pretty skeptical about things. And over time, uh, you know, just by listening to podcasts and reading books, I just started to develop this idea of skepticism is just like an excuse or a fear of like more. So it's like, you can be skeptical of things, I suppose, but like my whole philosophy is just the idea of like, why not just like listen to it, listen to someone explain it, choose what you believe, choose what you don't believe. But like either way, like you're taking in new knowledge, you're taking in like something, like you don't have to necessarily believe it, but you can at least like kind of listen to it and take away your own truths from it. I don't know. That's just kind of how I I approach all of the modalities <laughs> that we were mentioning of understanding yourself. So, well, for sure. And I think that all of us are a constant work in progress. I mean, we are all, I mean, obviously you and I are both creatives. You're constantly creating and doing things, but and I feel like once I like, tackle one thing, okay, there's always a million other things coming my way. And I'm always trying to be open to learning new things about myself or blogging or whatever, just because there's no harm done. in like, whether it's taking a test or whatever, just learning something new. You know, I think that like, I think you put it so well when you said that, yeah, being skeptical of something like that is you're afraid of something more. You're so comfortable in your own little space, but why not? I mean, yeah, you can believe what you want to believe from any of those things, but I think there's definitely something to be said for at least trying or being open to new ways of thinking or whatever it is. Yes. No, a hundred, hundred percent. And you know, that kind of, I'm kind of skipping around our questions here, but, um, I think that really ties into the, this idea. So you just started 
Okay. So like, let's, I guess let's back up a bit. So you've had a lot of transitions, you know, I don't know how recently, but <laughs> in your life to really go from this place of probably like a comfortable place. You were in the corporate world, I believe. And now you're doing your own thing. You're in Austin. You're a core power yoga instructor, going to be a health coach, like content creator. You've just really made this like transformation of, you know, learning more and experiencing more. So I guess like, let's start at the beginning where, you know, like, how'd you end up in Austin? Like, was there something specific that drew you to the city? I'm just curious, like how you got there. Yeah. So, so I graduated college May of 2018. So I, I went to school in North Carolina at Wake Forest. So wasn't here, but we grew up coming down to Austin. Like every summer, my sister and I went to summer camp right outside of Austin. So we spent a lot of time like before and after um, like coming to and from camp in Austin and my I extended family from Texas, et cetera. And even like when I was like eight years old, like the first year I went to camp, we first time in Austin, I was like, this place is so cool. I love it. I have to end up here. Just like the energy of it, the vibe, I it, like so resonated with me even when I was a kid. And I mean, it's changed a ton since then, but I just always felt kind of this draw to Austin. My sister went to school here. I knew I didn't want to go to undergrad here just because UT was a way bigger school that I wanted to go to. Um, but I was always, it was like, okay, I'm going to go to school and then I'm going to end up in Austin afterwards. So I kind of just made that my sort of goal. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do down here, but I knew I wanted to be here. So that was kind of what drew me, drew me here after school. Um, but so I spent like my junior and senior year doing what everyone tells you you need to do. You need to network and you need to, you know, obviously try to find a job down here. Um, and even then I was really throughout college, I guess I was really getting myself more and more interested in like health and wellness. I would have loved to come down here. And I thought back then, you know, work for some big company like a whole foods or cause they're headquartered here. There's a lot of different health companies, like health food companies that are based in Austin. Um, so I spent like a couple of years trying to network and like find my way into a company somehow. Um, and of course, I think I thought that I was like, I don't really care what I do for them. I just want to be working for one of these like cool health companies because that would be amazing. That's like, I was interested in the field, thought that's was the only way kind of to do it. That didn't work out. Of course, it's, you know, there's a lot that goes into like finding a job and that's, you know, timing and they need to meet people. And this never ended up working out with any of the companies that I was like in, you know, had interviewed with or talked with whatever. And so I ended up getting a job down here. Cause obviously I graduated. My parents were like, you gotta do, you have to do something obviously. Um, and same, not, not just my parents, I mean, I have to do something with myself, but so I ended up working for, it was an IT staffing and services company. Um, it was a great job. It was just like textbook corporate, which really just was not my jam. Um, I felt very boxed in. And even before I even started this job, I mean, it was I wanted to move down here. So I had that working for me, but it was a job that I really wasn't interested in doing for, you know, I was not passionate about it, but as are a lot of people's jo jobs, a job, most people's first jobs aren't necessarily their, you know, end all be all. Uh, but I just had this really gut feeling, like physical, even gut feeling of like, this just is not right. This is not right for me. I don't know, but I did it. And I, were, I was only there for about six months, which is not that much in the big <laughs> scheme of things, but it was enough for me to be pretty miserable um, and really just in a really dark space, super anxious, super just unhappy. 
Um, and so I finally was miserable enough that I was like, I just, I need to get out. I need to do something different. And I always kind of had that like creative bug. And I would have loved to do something like, you know, start a blog or do something like that. But I think for a long time, I was just so busy kind of keeping up with like my friends in college and like just doing what I thought was like, you needed to go graduate and go take your corporate job and do whatever is like kind of that just like normal path that I never really kind of like fostered any of those creative feelings that I had probably because I was afraid that people would judge me and think it was weird or that I like thought I was friggin' the health guru, which I was like, I don't, you know, whatever. There's always those like negative thoughts when it comes to wanting to do something that's like kind of against the norm and that other people are doing. Um, but when I decided to leave my job and I went to graduate school, uh, for my MBA, stayed here in Austin, mostly because I was like, I just need to, some more time to figure it out. Like, what is it that I want to do? And obviously, education is never wasted. And it gave me a really good opportunity to kind of step back and just sort of slow down and learn some, obviously, like learn some great information and just take that time to really think about, okay, what is it that I want to do? And I, it was actually then that when I, right when I went back to school, my mom was like, okay, if you, are going to start a blog or do any of the stuff that you've always kind of talked about doing. Now is your time. You just left your job. You're taking a totally different U-turn path. Like, let's do it. Why not? What do you have to lose? Like, okay, I'm kind of uprooting my, you know, my life in some ways of what I thought, you know, this, like I said, kind of back to that, it was on that path of like doing, taking the job right out of college that everyone should be doing, quote unquote or whatever. And so I started blogging and solely just as kind of just like that creative outlet to do something to like share some of these passions that I had, you know, health, wellness, cooking, you know, making healthy recipes, things like that. Um, and I'm obviously I'm still like a very small account, but it's just been so fun. And so like kind of therapeutic, I think I needed that like sort of healing for me. I felt very, like I very much lost myself when I, you know, was just so unhappy at my job and things like that, that I just like almost needed to like start over and start fresh. And I feel like once I, decided to leave and then really just started doing things that were fun and that I liked to do and that were very me instead of me doing what I thought everyone else wanted me to do. So that's kind of how we ended up here. But um, then I, I guess, what's this month, April? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we? I think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What, this January of this of this year, I kind of started the next or getting into the next chapter of becoming a health coach. So I had read a little bit about this program. And again, that's kind of my next step is like studying to be certified to take on clients. And so I feel like it's taken me a minute to kind of figure out like what is it I really want to do in that path. And I don't think any of us ever really know, like you're sort of, we're all sort of figuring it out as we go. But um, I find, definitely feel like I'm just on a path of doing stuff that's really like in line with my intention and just feels right. And it's fun to wake up every day and like now my work and like studying things like that. It's like, okay, this is stuff I'm really interested in, which is so cool. And so I think foreign just so many people that just do work because that's what they think they have to do. When is, I think we have a lot more control over our lives than we kind of give ourselves credit for. Anyway, that was a really long and rambling explanation to your question. (laughs) You're so okay. We, you hit all the points. And so I'm just going to remember what I wanted to say, but like, the way I like to view it, and I think you you put it perfectly, like describing everything in that one time, because I always think of it as though, you know, from the moment we're born, we're pretty much put on this like fast track 
of we know not from the moment we're born born but you know we start school and immediately from that point forward our like next 10 15 plus years are pretty much planned out for us you know it's you complete high school you go to college you maybe go to more college you get a job like everything's just so planned out and sometimes it can feel like we're on this just like fast paced track and there's no stopping you know you go right from high school into college and there's no time to slow down and just figure out who am I? What do I want to do? And similar to that, you know, actual physical gut feeling you had about your job, like that's how I felt the moment I got to college. And I mean, for me, it took a week until I was like so physically ill of like, this isn't for me that I just had to right. come home. And it was once I came home and took month, like a couple months really to take care of my health and slow down for the first time in my life that I started to realize right oh yeah, like this is what I'm passionate about. Like this is what lights me up, can someday provide me money and also helps others. Like how much better could it get? And the win-win. Yes, right. exactly. And that's exactly, like you said, it was that moment when you left your job, you're like going to go back to school and you just like slow down and like things start happening, you know, like you're able to start your blog and then right. one thing leads to the next. And so I just think it's so important. Like if anyone gets anything from this, like the idea that like we can't just be go, go, go all the time. Like we have exactly. to allow ourselves times of rest, but also times of just slowing down and doing some self-analysis, you know, some oh, for sure. thinking, going within, just like figure out who we are. Oh, definitely. And I think even now, I mean, that's just, even just like a super timely thing for what's happening at the moment. I mean, I, this is the first time in a, I mean, ever one, that anything like this has ever happened, but I mean, everyone's now obviously at home having to really slow down. And I think that that's so good for people to not be kind of running that race every single day. And yes, people are, you're working from home and things like that. But I think now is the best opportunity for people to kind of, yeah, look within a little bit and kind of think about what is it that really makes me want to throw my legs out of bed every single day. And I think for me, kind of back to the Enneagram in some ways that the four is definitely someone who you have to be very I think passionate about what you're doing or it just doesn't feel right. You can't, we're not the type of people that can have like your work life and your real life be separate. And I think that was for me is something that I hated about that. My job is I was like, I cannot go spend, you know, 90% of my time working and then come home and have my, the rest of my life and then be really be Georgia. There's work Georgia. And then there's real me. I was like, no, no, no. I have to be doing something where I feel like I, like my life is, it's all intertwined. And I think that for me, I was always, this is funny, a little side note, but in college, I was an entrepreneurship minor and my boyfriend, Sam always makes fun of me. Cause he's like, it's, I remember you saying in college, like when you were taking these classes that you were like, that I said this, that I would never be an entrepreneur and there's too much risk and it was too scary. And, and why was I a minor in that? If that's how I felt, I, I don't know, but it's funny now. Cause I'm like, I think all of these experiences have kind of been leading up to me having this sort of aha moment that I'm like, actually, that's very much what I want to do is I want it. I need to be my own boss. I need to be doing things that are meaningful and that I'm passionate about, whatever that might be. And I think that's taking me some time to figure out like, okay, how then do I translate that into really making that your business, making that your life? And it's not an easy thing. I mean, as you know, you're obviously grind into and making your own sort of path and it's, challenging, but it's also so much more fulfilling. And not that everyone's path 
to be is the same and that everyone should go be their own boss and be an entrepreneur. That's not the case at all. Some people have, you know, do work for a big company or whatever it might be and thrive. And that's awesome. You go. But I think it's just tapping into that understanding of what, what do I really want? Like what's best for me and not being afraid to kind of take, to take the leap to actually go pursue it. Exactly. And right back to what we were saying in the beginning with the Enneagram of that permission to be yourself, the permission to do what really, I mean, we, we're giving, we're given one life. And as we said, not everyone can afford to do, you know, what makes them happy, what lights them up, what's best for them. But if you do have the possibility, then like, why not? Or why not give it a shot? And, you know, I'm taking this like course right now on positive psychology and just the idea of optimism and resilience. And one thing that like is really big is just this idea of we, so, you know, when something's bad or out of our control, we oftentimes catastrophize it where it's one thing that's out of our control and it leads us into this downward, downward spiral where all we see is the negative. So it's like, if you're scared to leave your job or do what really like sets your soul on fire, maybe like check yourself. Are you catastrophizing, you know, like blowing it out of proportions? Because at the end of the day, like use evidence-based truth, use planning and say, okay, I am not going to be a failure because if this doesn't work out, I'll go back to my old job or I'll get a new job or I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this work. And I just think that's something that oftentimes we forget about. Like nothing is I mean, everything can change, you know, you don't sure. have to make this leap and then stay where you end up. You can always exactly. go back if needed. That's so true. That it, it's spot on. It's funny, even like just throughout all my weird, you know, changes of like changing course and just kind of trying different things and figuring out what it is I want to do. My mom always says, she, I don't care what your plan is, but you have to have a plan. And if you're on a, on like you're working towards a plan and that doesn't work out, that's fine. You just change course, but you have to have a goal. You have to be obviously, you know, whether it's working a job or going back to school or what, you know, pursuing health coaching, whatever it is, like just make a new plan. Plans are always changeable. You just got to have one. I'm like, that's very true. And like you said before, I think, I mean, it's very true that not everyone necessarily is in the position that they can just up and leave your corporate job and go, you know, back to school or pursue, you know, a passion project, whatever. But I mean, I was very lucky that I have very have a very supportive family and parents that really backed me up and they I think really wanted to see me happy and really understood that what I was doing was not that right path but even if you're you know you are working that corporate job and you're, it's not necessarily the most fulfilling thing ever even just trying something on the side like you, you don't have to like whether it's blogging or whatever it is just doing something that makes you happy and that lights you up I think it's super important and kind of back to now, let's all being in quarantine. It's like, now is the time to start a little like fun side project, whether, it, you know, whatever it might be, it is doing something that, like you said, lights your soul on fire. I think it's important. I don't think people do that enough is really understanding what is it that makes me happy. Yeah. And whether that's just a hobby or it becomes something yeah. more, I mean, if you look at all of us in our Instagram realm, you know, we have a very similar community. Right. We pretty much all started out you know, like it's almost like a hobby. You're not for sure. Like now it, we, it has come to the point where we, ha- we are a bit more strategic because we understand how Instagram works and brand deals and everything. And we want to make it into something more, but in the beginning, I mean, there is like a lot of just pure fun in anything and you can have something just, yeah. Like if you're in corporate, 
and you, you, that works for you, like that's fine, but like still make sure you have something fun, you know, like whether it is a right. passion project or just a hobby or just something you do on the weekends. Like, I think we do, like, I don't know. I just think sometimes people don't like encourage enough fun in their own life. <laughs> Maybe I'm too optimistic, well, yeah, but <laughs> no, I, I agree totally. And I think sometimes too, like when it comes to, you know, like Instagram or posting like, okay, you know, if you love to cook and posting recipes, things like that. I think there are some people out there that are super cool and content with their corporate job and they really are doing it truly just for fun. And I think, like you said, a lot of people do start out kind of with that intention, but I think the best thing is it can, is seeing what it can turn into. Cause I very much started it when I went back to school as a, this is just a way for me to kind of share my passions and it's fun. It's fun to have a creative outlet, et cetera. And you know, I get my initial attention when I went back to school is okay, maybe I just need this more time to, you know, gain a little bit more experience and, and then go out work for, you know, one of those companies that wouldn't take me right out of undergrad. Cause I didn't have enough experience. Maybe then they'll want me to go work for, you know, whole foods or whatever it is. And then kind of, as I got more and more into blogging and as time went on, I realized I'm like, no, this is, that's really not what I want at all. You know, you know, your, my plans changed. And I think for me from blogging, a lot of it was just like the that like one is the community building amongst like other bloggers and like-minded people that was super special, but also just having people reach out with questions and like, you know, people that just follow you and love the content you're putting out, which it means so much. And for me, it was answering those questions or kind of people that would reach out with health questions and things like that, um, which uh, many of which I'm not qualified to necessarily <laughs> answer, but just for advice and things like that. And I, it really made me excited to, to connect with people and to help people, which I never really knew that I wanted and that I loved until I experienced it. And so that's sort of what led me into health coaching. So kind of moral of the story is there. You just never know that kind of what you'll learn about yourself throughout the process. And so, but you never know unless you try something uncomfortable and put yourself out there and just, even if it ends up just being a fun thing, awesome. But if it might turn into something more, it leads you down a totally different path than you even had thought about prior. Yeah. And this is something we mentioned before, you know, about possibly discussing in this episode, but the idea of intention and intentional right. living, which we're both really into. And it is kind of what you were saying, the idea of the intention can change over time. So you can start out intending Definitely. for this to just be fun, just an out, you know, a way to share and create. And over time, that intention can change to the point where, you know, sometimes the intent is you want to make this be a successful business or the intent is you just want to build a community or you just want to help people. So how would you say like your intent has shifted over time with the, you know, with, with everything you're doing really, you know, between the blog and the Instagram and just like your personal life in general, like how would you say your intent has changed the way you, you know, live your life with intention, I suppose? Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of just goes back to like leaving, you know, back to like leaving that job is I think that I was very much living this life of what I thought I needed to do to be successful and happy. And that was really not the case for me. And I think really taking a step back and doing a lot of introspection and thinking about, okay, what is it that's going to make me happy? And what, how can I make a life from that? And learning sort of how to figure that out along the way. Um, but once I sort of stepped into that okay, I'm going to start living for me now. I'm not going to care what other people think. And I'm not going to not pursue things that light me up because I think that other people will think it's weird. 
or, you know, because it's not what everyone else is doing, things like that. And I think personally, it was really interesting experience with my whole job situation is that was the very first time I really felt like that was like the first major quote unquote failure of my life, which is, you know, it's not that big of a deal, the big scheme of things. But I remember, you know, I have these members like talking to my parents on the phone and just apoplectically upset. I mean, so, I mean, just so unhappy because I didn't know what to do with my life. I was like, I can't live it. I you know, do a job like this. Like what am I supposed to do? Whatever. And I think at the core of that, once I really had time to sort of think about it was I felt like I failed in not being successful in that job. Not because I wasn't successful at it. If I had stuck with it, I think it really, you know, you could have been financially successful and I think, you know, worked your way up that corporate ladder and it would have been positive quote unquote in that way. But I was, I felt unsuccessful because it was so, it was meaningless. And I feel, feel like I wish I could have done it and been happy. And it's feel, it felt like in that moment, okay, this was, that was a failure. Cause I, I couldn't do it. I didn't, you know, I had to quit whatever it was. But I think looking back now, I'm like, thank God that happened. Like that was the best failure ever. And so I'm, I think that embracing those kind of moments in your life where it's really difficult, or you think of it as a failure as kind of like an impetus for growth. And for me, that was like one of the times I felt like I really had to kind of get raw with myself and be like, what, what is it that I want to do? And I didn't really even know. I think that was kind of the scary thing is too, is I know that I'm interested in, you know, the world of health and wellness. And I, you know, I'm fascinated by the science of it all. And I, you know, I do love like sharing with people things that have worked for me in you know, various different ways. Um, but how can I make that a potential business? And so I think I needed that time again, back in school to sort of figure that out and which, and then just continuing blogging along the way and learning a lot about how to even do that um, and how to do that in a way that, you know, reached people. And that was, you know, and that resonated with both them and my intention. And I think once I started sharing things really from the heart and that really like felt right and in line with me, people responded so positively and almost kind of surprised me. You know, I think that I, every time you get, I'll get a message from someone that I like grew up with that I haven't talked to in forever, you know, and they follow along. Oh, I love this post or whatever. I like it, it means so much. And I think that for me, just that human connection, I was like, okay, I need, I, I want to do more of this and which kind of led me into learning more about health coaching. And for me, that's kind of the perfect way seeming, you know, seemingly to kind of combine those love, my love for health and wellness and my want, my desire to share with people and to connect with them and to kind of pass along my own message of wanting them to live in line with their truth too and becoming their healthiest, happiest selves. We know obviously with things like nutrition and what you eat, that's obviously important, but I think health coaching, this specific program I'm in as well, it's a lot about looking at you like a health in a holistic sense. So it's not just about yes, physical activity and, you know, what you eat is super important, but it's looking at your relationships and your career and all aspects of your life. And think that that is why I decided to go through this program. Cause I was like, I think it, it just really resonated with me and it was in line with how I live, try to live my own life and share and things like that. So again, very rambling answer. I apologize. <laughs> you're okay. You're okay. And what you said about failure you know, and just really hitting kind of like that rock bottom, which we hear all the time, you, you know, people hit their rock bottom. And from that, you just really, you know, Phoenix from the ashes, you grow into something better. And I'm reading a book right now, when things fall apart. 
and I'm only I'm chapters. dying to read it. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm only I've been seeing you post about it, and I really yeah. want to. Read it. <laughs> I'm only two chapters in, but so far it's been like resonant. And they're short, so like after my breakfast, I'll just read like one chapter, and it's just a couple pages, and it keeps giving me something to think about, and something that uh, it just said in the one I read today was something like, you know, when things fall apart is when we start to, you know, discover more of the truth and that truth can cause uncertainty and fear. And, you know, that was just reminding me of everything you were saying where we sometimes have these rock bottom moments or these things that feel like epic failures. Like that's how I felt when I came home from college because what I had in front of me was a whole heck of a lot of uncertainty, similar to right. where it's like, you hit this rock bottom, this low point, you make the big change, and then everything is so uncertain. And we as humans just want control and certainty and stable. Like we want yep. all of that in our life. And when we don't have that, it's so easy to fall down and just not feel like we can get back up or feel directionless and lost and frustrated. So I really do agree with you where it's like sometimes you just have to go through that epic failure, so to speak, even though we all know there is no such thing as failure. It's just a a redirection. (laughs) Well, it's just, it's all relative too. You know, what you think is an epic failure in your life is in the big scheme of things, like looking back, I'm like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. People, you know, they leave school, they quit jobs, whatever, like, but in your life, it is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So I so get you. But yeah, I think that kind of embracing those failures or embracing those really uncomfortable times. For me, I think I've really learned that I have to be uncomfortable to know that like I'm, I'm learning, you know, like every time I accomplish something or do something new, I'm like, okay, I need to, like, what's the next thing? And it has to be scary. Cause like, I think I've learned to, I need to constantly push myself to be doing something uncomfortable to be able to feel like I'm growing and learning, which is, I mean, true for everybody. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes we just get to this place where it's almost stagnant, you know, when right. <laughs> just like with water, um, if we're not, doing something, you know, I just feel that sometimes it can create not only a stagnant body, but a stagnant mind where you're not really, you know, like pushing yourself to grow or do something more. And even, you know, we're not saying you have to like go out and keep constantly doing more, more, more of a business or exercise. But even if that something more is like challenging yourself to, you know, read for two minutes or just sit with your eyes closed and breathe, like meditate or whatever it is. Yeah. Just like do something that gets you uncomfortable because that's where the growth happens. Like that's where you challenge yourself to become a, you know, to get better. Yes, exactly. Like more of yourself. So, right. I think kind of back to your point of, like you said, for your, into your situation, like faced with so much uncertainty and same here. Um, Oh gosh, sorry. This is filling off. I think for me, I, when I think back about like just my whole, like, you know, trying to find a job here that I thought was the perfect job in the field that I wanted to be in and the city I wanted to be in, whatever. I think I would never would have thought this in a moment, but looking back, I think I kind of just expected it to all work out for me. I know the perfect job is just going to come because, you know, again, so far I, you know, I had to obviously work really hard in school and I had, you know, did all the right things, but I was in a space where things came pretty easily, you know, like I, I got into the school I wanted to go to and, you know, I had so many little successes in my life thus far that I kind of almost didn't know what to do when I didn't get the perfect job that I wanted and it didn't work out. And I think, and then I had to take a job that I didn't really want and that didn't really work out. And I think for me, it was kind of this this big wake up call that if I really wanted to go find 
the life that I wanted, I had to go get it. Like I had to go actually work for it and figure it out. Like no one's just going to hand me, Oh, here's your, you know, perfect job or your perfect, you know, blog and things that, you know, everyone loves without you having to put in the hard work. And I think, I mean, I'm still figuring out what it is I want to do and how to make these, these things happen. And it's not going to be perfect and it has not been perfect, but I think for me, just that realization that no one's going to hand anything to you and that you got to, got to go figure it out. And that's the beauty of it is, and that's the exciting and uncertain part of it too, is it's the more difficult route, I think, to, to have to be faced with that uncertainty and, okay, what am I going to go do with my life or my job or whatever it is, than sometimes taking the safer route and just not maybe pursuing what makes you happy because you, because it's the safe solution. A hundred. And I think oftentimes too, you mentioned the word success, success a couple times. I think we have this idea of what success is. So to get there, we do take the safer route because when you create your own route, you know, when you create your own path in life, you have to redefine what success means to you. Then you can't just use the societal standards of financial success, you know, or getting that a list job or living in the perfect place. Like, you, when you create your own path and you do your own thing in life, you then create your own perception of success because it's unique to you then. So how do you think like your idea, your definition of success shifted then when you made that transition from working a job that most other people would have thought like, this is so successful, I'm doing great. But to you, right. it obviously was not your version of success. So how has that right. changed for you? I mean, it, I, it's like in that job specifically, I mean, it, they're, it was, it was interesting. I think this is maybe something why I just felt this gut feeling because it was all about, you know, the financial aspect of it. If you, you, know, you, you stay here this long and then you get promoted and then you make this much money. And honestly, at that point, not that finances aren't important because they are. And I'm very lucky that at least I've had, you know, I've had my family that's very, been very supportive in my desire to go pursue my own thing. Um, but that, that was like, that just doesn't resonate with me. I mean, I, for me, being successful is kind of like I said earlier, finding something that makes me excited to throw my legs out of bed every day and have something to work towards. Like I want my to-do list to be, you think, I mean, it's not like everything on your to-do list is exciting that you want to do, but things you're like, okay, I want to be working towards a goal that, that lights me up and that kind of feeds that positive energy. Um, and I think that's something I've kind of had to work on a lot, intent, like intentionally getting myself projects and things that excite me and really narrowing in on those things and sort of slowly eliminating the rest of the noise. And I think for me to that even comes with like finding relationships that are meaningful and like projects, like I said, that are meaningful. And, you know, I've really kind of reevaluated a lot of like my, my friendships and things like that. Cause I want to surround my, myself with people that feed that, that good, that like high vibration, you know, that energy and help me kind of like feel my best and, and put the best version of myself out there too. And even for me, I think that blogging, I'm going all over the place. I don't even know, but I think blogging too has kind of held me sort of accountable in being positive and being optimistic and showing up for myself because even though, you know, it's not like I have millions of followers out there that are wondering what I'm doing every day, but I think having like, feeling like you have this platform for like to show up for, and I think that's been really positive in me kind of managing some of like my stresses, my anxieties as well. And showing up and being positive and putting out content that I think is really intentional for me, but also helpful for other people. I agree. And I, something I was just talking with a friend the other day about is just the idea of something I'm really trying to do more in this year is 
keep those little promises to myself. You know, I, mm-hmm. I come from, you know, I'm just the type of person where I will, you know, go above and beyond to help others, to provide for others, to support them, probably has to do with that too uh, on the for Instagram. Sure. <laughs> but um, when it comes to myself, I just let it all go to waste. And, you know, I can't keep a promise to myself to do even, you know, things that I know are better for me, like, you know, to get more sleep or to do this or that. And something I'm really focusing on this year or trying to at least is keeping those promises and holding, you know, myself accountable for myself. Because at the end of the day, if I can't do that for myself, then I can't continue to do that for others. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not going to work out in the long run. So I completely agree. And I think having something that really lights us up and that really, you know, fuels our passion is a great way to start that, you know, because it, you want to see yourself grow. You want to see yourself succeed. So, if, you know, you're more likely, I have found, to keep those little promises to yourself if you know in the end, like it's doing, it's helping you, but it's also helping your audience or, you know, your right. community, your business. So I, I, I feel think that. other people can really feel when you're treating yourself well and when you're doing things that you're passionate about too. You know, I think it's, you're like, Yana, you said you can't show up for other people unless you show up for yourself first. And I think, kind of like, you know, say like for me pursuing things that I loved and kind of finding my own path was my way of sort of showing up for myself so that I can be a better version of myself to be there for friends and family and treat others, you know, the way that I should be treating them. Because if you're miserable, then you're kind of just focused about how miserable you are. You know, you need to be in line. I think it's kind of back to that, all that energy thing. I think people can feel that energy coming off of you and then sort of when it comes, you know, think about like manifestation, which I need to learn a lot more about, but I do believe Same. in things like that. I mean, I think that like when you're living in like kind of in line with your truth, you're sort of manifesting that future. And I've, I've found that once I kind of opened myself up to a lot of different possibilities and wasn't so closed off and scared to start new things, like new things come your way and positive, you know, opportunities come your way and things like that. So again, sort of off, but I coming back to like what you said, just about like showing up for yourself because you never know what will come your way and you can treat others better, which is yes, <laughs> Yes. And I mean, as you said, we are like, I firm, I, you know, I believe I've talked about this before on the podcast, just the idea of, you know, we are, we are energy and what we put out into the world is what we get back. So like you said, if you're miserable and sad and angry and frustrated and, you know, all these negative emotions, all the time, you know, like we all feel those emotions, but if you're like living in those emotions, that's what you're pulling into your life. Like the moment right. you can pull yourself out of those and just be, you know, you don't have to be like happy go lucky 24 seven, but even an emotion such as gratitude or mindfulness or peace, yep. like those are still all of the more like positive vibration, positive energies. And they're the ones that do pull like extra good things into your life. And it's so crazy. Like you said, once you start doing that, feeling that, accepting that type of thing, like it just keeps coming. And I'm sure you've had many examples. I know I have two where it's just like, you know, just funny little things where it's like, okay, I see you (laughs) like energy universe, whatever's going on. (laughs) I'm like, I, whatever I'm putting out, I'm like, if, yeah, I swear you, like when you start saying yes to things and kind of like just being open, it's like things coming your way. And you're like, okay, that was crazy. I find those weird little moments all the time. You know, I, it's almost like I don't want to identify because I want to jinx it. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I started like, Hey, I'm going to just pretend that like, that I'm 
totally being cool about this, but that was sweet. <laughs> yep. I know. And like, sometimes, you know, an email comes through and it's like, okay, okay, this, we've got yeah, this, like, like, I'm not gonna, cool? yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, you are an absolute gem to talk to. And this conversation was just everything I wanted. So where can people find you, learn more about you, follow along your journey in the coming time? Yes. So my blog is goodnesswithg.com and I'm on Instagram at goodnesswithg. I think I don't know if y'all know them or not, but you can find I you know, recipes, there's lifestyle stuff, there's lots of good wellness tips. And I'll be, I mean, obviously talking about my health coaching program, but I'm set to finish that at the very end of August. So I'm hoping to start taking on clients in the beginning, early fall. So there'll be updates all, about all that stuff on my social media and the blog and whatnot too. So definitely take a little peek. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Georgia. She is such a gem and I'm so excited to just, you know, see if any of you guys resonated to connect you with her and all that fun stuff. Once more, please let me know if you have any information on the Enneagram because now I'm addicted and I want to learn more. Uh, to connect with me and or Georgia about the Enneagram, we want to know your types or just about this episode in general. You can find Georgia on Instagram at goodness underscore with underscore G. I know I said that wrong in the intro. My bad. And I'm on Instagram at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. Also, I've started a Facebook group. So if you'd like to connect, have some discussion, meet some like-minded individuals, go to Facebook and search Let's Thrive. Now, I'm a grandma at heart and I don't know how to work Facebook. So if I'm doing something wrong, please let me know and I'll fix it. Otherwise, I hope to see you there. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Much love, much appreciation. Bye.